Everybody, I know I'm going to be bringing people in. People are going to be coming in throughout the uh, the hour that will be on here. But I just want to get things started because we got a lot to uncover. I have a very special guest today. So welcome back if you have been riding with me during the show Business Live Wednesdays. I appreciate you just hanging out and hearing the stories about, you know, some of the most amazing people that I know. And a couple that I don't know personally, but I still have stories that I'm inspired by, careers and journeys that I feel like need to be shared. And I'm just having a ball um, doing research doing research on some of the people that I've known for my most of my career, but I'm finding out amazing things about them now that I'm doing even more research. So I'm just going to bring Arike in now. So tonight we have one of my dearest friends, LA native. Um, she is a singer, a dancer, an actress, um, and an amazing stylist and fanish fashion uh, cornerchee. <laughs> I'll let her break it down for you, but I'm going to bring in my girl. Everybody give it up for Arike Rice, the triple threat. Let's see if you come. You coming in? Here we go. Hey! <laughs> can you hear? Uh, can you hear the, I got the best hype friends. <laughs> they ain't hype men. They hype friends. Can you hear the vocals though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know because sometimes it mutes when you're when you're playing and you and you do it live. It'll mute on the other side. So that's oh. what I'm wondering if you could actually hear. Oh but yeah, no, I could hear. I can hear. How you doing? You look cute. Huh? You look cute. Thank you. You too. Girl, your hair. And you did your hair. Yes, Do you girl, ever go but there is, wait, like, there's a, done? a section in the oh. back that is not done. <laughs> I got tired. I'm like, these things is too much. It's too much. How do people do their own braids? I can't even. Well, you gotta, you, you braid it first, and then you have to, like, weave in the the more coarse hair and wrap it around. We need to get B on here because, For real, because she needs to do a tutorial. That's like, I mean, I couldn't do it. I, and also the patience. And also I've tried and then my arms start to hurt. That's oh, just yeah. it. Like my arms just literally give out. Yeah. Well, anyways, everybody, Arike Rock. Okay. So um, as always, we have a lot to uncover. When I started to do a little... uh more backstory and IMDb you and getting really deep. It was so much fun. That's what I don't know that there is there even anything on IMDb? There is some IMDb stuff and it's really cool and I'll send it to you. Um and we'll we'll get into we'll get into it and I know you'll be able to give me like a breakdown, you know. Oh yeah. What what all of the things are. But I did find some cool stuff. Um I was gonna play a live version because you guys were on the Jenny Jones show. And that's somewhere on YouTube. The three of you guys performed <laughs> on Jenny Jones show, and y'all was like, "Zoom, boom, doopty." And I, <laughs> I don't I, even remember that. But I, I saved it. Okay. So you, you got a lot. Of, you got a lot of cool stuff on YouTube, and I'm sure once we get to talking, then you'll probably remember some more stuff. But um, <laughs> hey, guys, 
I think Mia's laughing right now. She probably, do you remember this Jenny Jones show? Because Arike doesn't seem to remember um, it. Mia, Mia remembers everything. So okay. For sure, she remembers. If we were on there, she remembers, she remembers it. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so first off, let's just go right into it. And the first thing is going to be the intro. I would love for you to introduce your name, full name, any cool. nicknames that we might need to know, and uh, if it means anything. Um. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Arike or Arike Omitola Rice. I used to be Arike Omitola Rice Hilton, but now I'm just Rice. Um, my nickname that my family calls me, and you are not allowed to call, not you, show, but the okay. people on here are not allowed to call me as Reeks, because that's really, that's like near and dear to my heart. Only my family and closest friends call me that. Yeah. Um, and my name, so interesting story about my name. When I went, I've been to Nigeria a couple times. My name is Yoruba. And the people there are like, oh, we do not know this name. Uh, so I don't know, but apparently, <laughs> okay, apparently it means one was blessed on site. The real Nigerians are like, I don't know, we got some stuff that sounds like it. So that's all. I would agree with that though. <laughs> blessed on site. That feels like you though. We're we going we to take that. Um, all right. Well, then that's what's up. So do you, d did your mom get it from Nigerian? Um, inspiration or how did she get it or how did you know that it was Nigerian? So my dad is Yoruba. Um, he's not Yoruba. Um, he, he's, he's not that like, he wasn't born in Nigeria. He was okay. initiated when he was 14. Now he's like, um, I think what they consider like a priest in, in Yoruba. Okay. Um, but he was initiated at 14 and played the ceremonial drums for a very long time. Um, he actually was is the reason why I named Arike and he did that whole you know and our reference for it is roots because we're not we're not born in Africa so we don't have any other right, reference for right. it. but that naming ceremony where they hold the child up to the earth I mean up to the to the moon and then they do a naming ceremony so I actually have like 12 African names yeah. that I don't go by because there's a, in the, within the ceremony your friends and family are present and they each give you a name that has a meaning Wow. So, you know, you don't have to say them here. You know, no, I don't they're know them by heart. Where? <laughs> they're, yeah, they're written down and they're in my file cabinet. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's the reason why like he buried my placenta because that's, you know, supposedly to keep the, the child grounded and rooted in the earth. I, hopefully that helped. Um, but yeah, he's the reason why. That's, that is amazing. See, like, this is the kind of shit I'm talking, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I never knew this. As long as I've known you, this just never came up. I know. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? Been, I mean, the things that we end up just talking about, like, oh, what's your dating life? What's going, you know, exactly. how's your career going? We don't end up talking about the whole backstory, but yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. We'll at this, and I'm getting to know this, because that's really dope. There's some culture there, you know what I mean? And you already, I already told you right now, especially in this time, I've been, like, just needing culture so i'm like everything african tell me this what your name 12 names where are they let me know <laughs> i'll email them to you when i find them let me know okay so tell everybody your hometown i've been blasting it already but tell everybody the hometown and then um a hometown song because i feel like that tells a lot about a person definitely la girl born and raised what um 
born across the street from the Beverly Center at Cedar Sinai. <laughs> so for real, for real, LA. Um, and my hometown song is It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Cause that's just like, is that mellow vibe that just takes you to the cookout, you know, lean back with your drink, smoke, whatever you do. Absolutely. Super LA. That's the, I mean, that's the one. And that came on too. I don't know. Oh, I think Ice Cube actually posted it on Instagram as a TBT. Um, I just see that. And yep, and it still bumps the same. It mm -hmm. still bumps the same. Yeah, Did you get any verses out, the Snoop Dogg and DMX? I didn't. You know what? I, I think... I did Teddy Riley, <laughs> Baby Face, and it just, you know, I, the music is great. I love, like, reminiscing to the music and everything, but I'd be having stuff to do. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't stay here for the whole battle. I'm sorry. You the whole battle. You got to come in and out, and you got to yeah. pick and choose, because there are some that are just like, that was a waste of time, and there was some that was like, okay, this was a free, this was a, a, a steal, you know what I mean? Or this, you know, when you, or a grab, when you when you find, like when you go to the vintage store and you find, you're like, okay, this was a score, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a score. It would have been a score for you because you know all the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that would have been different. And it made me think, because when they played Drop It Like It's Hot, I thought it best kept it. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, it really did. Um, okay, so tell me, what high school did you go to? Um, and tell us a little bit about, you know, the high school, Arike. Um, high school was rough. I went, oh, really? I went to um, Alexander Hamilton Music Academy, um, home of Omarion, <laughs> uh, other known people, uh, Robert Richard, yeah. uh, Darius Nipsey went there for a second. Nipsey went there for a second. Who did? Nipsey went there for a oh, second. Yes. Ermius, yes. Nipsey, he was in two two classes below me so he came in on my senior year and he was a sweetheart very very wow. cool kid yeah um but high school was rough um i had you know i was in the midst of of before dark um uh, in going into high school um wow. on top of that what a lot of people don't know is that i actually had kind of a, like a accident mishap sort of thing i ended up i i used a product that my mom told me not to use it was like something specifically for her and I ended up with second-degree chemical burns on my face <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't know this so um, my high school experience was really scarred by that because I ended up having like these dark scars on my face and I had to wear like a full beat every single day Wow yes so people and, and, you know, as a, as a teen, because this happened in my, my, it happened on my winter break of my freshman year. So, you know, you're in the midst of, like, trying to figure yourself out, like, of course. You know, trying to fit in with this group and that group or whatever. And on top of that, I have this singing group. So people already are kind of looking at me like, oh, she's kind of stuck up, whatever, whatever. Right. Then I became just a little bit more reclusive. And um, I had, like, a couple of core friends. And I did not stray away from those friends. Everybody right. else I kept at a distance. And people just thought, they just assumed that I was just like stuck up or full of myself or whatever. But I was really just severely insecure and yeah. trying to hide this thing, you know? So it was a rough, rough time. And it didn't actually start clearing up, I think, until towards like the end of my junior year, senior year, going to see. Wow. Yeah, it was a long battle. 
So that's crazy. So like, how did you, what you, you were also, the crazy thing is, and to be, you know, we're in having all these insecurities, especially at that particular time. And then you're in the singing group. Was this Voices or was this Before Dark? This was Before Dark. So Voices happened when I was nine, turning 10. And um, that group disbanded. And um, then we formed Before Dark. Well, actually, I was in another group in between, um, the Queen of Girl groups. So I was actually in a girl group with um, Janae Aiko's sisters, Miyoko and Jamila. Wow. And, yeah. And Chris Stokes. Uh, actually ended up stealing that group from our manager and I was the only one that was like nah I'm not rocking with you I'm yeah. staying over here and so then my manager ended up being like well you know what we're gonna get pull your sister in we're gonna get my daughter that's gonna be the group wow yeah. that's crazy okay so how did the voices song go that we all love because be when I was I guess I had to be a few years older than you so maybe I was 12 13 uh -huh. 14 maybe uh, I, but we'll get, whatever the case, I had the single, and I played it over and over <laughs> and over again. And now I can't remember how it goes. You don't have to it's hit me. Crazy. Melody. What was the melody? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. The boy makes me say yeah, 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 yeah. My whole world has turned around. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's Old school. And I did not know you then, but I was like me and Saba. We just played it over, and you know what I mean. Like that was the that was the one, and you just couldn't tell nobody that you could sing. Like that voices made you think you could sing. <laughs> it was like okay, I've got you know I can hear a note. So then now you're moving into the you did a the group between yeah with Mila and um, Miyoko. Uh, Miyoko, and then uh -huh. they went to that other group. What group was that? Because I think Paulette got think, in that. Group too. I think it was Dime. I want to say okay. was the name. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it changed into another group too, yeah. I think. Yeah. But okay, so tell us how before so now you guys have formed before dark once those things once that dismantled. How old were you then? And how did that what was the first thing that you guys did? So when we started, I might have been 14, 15. I don't know. Mia would know better than I would know. Um, but we actually um so Mia's mom was our manager. Mia and Jen, feel free to chime in on any details that uh, facts and dates that Arike needs needs yeah, to remember please. on. <laughs> please, because so many of so many memories of mine. You were twelve. Been. You were twelve. I was 12. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Okay. So then it took us. Then it, then we were all, all together for a while. Then before we got signed, because I don't think we got signed until I was like fifteen or sixteen. But we ended up. Um, so Mia's mom, Michelle, who's our manager, who's our aunt, um, she got us into this competition on The Box. Okay. I don't know if y'all remember what that is, yes. but that was a music video channel where you could request music videos. <laughs> and they play. So there was a competition um, to just for, you know, unsigned talent or whatever. Whoever got the most votes, they'd end up playing their video for the week. So Michelle, who was friends with, Will Smith, Will Smith's ex-wife, Cherie. Right. They funded our video. We had Shamar wow. Moore in our video. <laughs> yes, it was like full-out production. Um, shout out to uh, my friend Erica, because I think her dad directed that for us. I'm not really sure. Mia, if you remember, let me know. Um, so we had a full-blown video. Cherie, Cherie was that in the was, video. That was, one, was Monica the first single? 
No. Well, uh, I mean, first single, no, actually Come Correct was our first single, I believe. Monica was like the one that actually charted and did something. Got it, got it. Uh, but this was, this was a song called Can't Take No More. Mm. And this is before we were signed, whatever. So we end up winning the competition and they end up playing our video for like a long ass time, like wow. past the week, whatever. So it gets the attention of a guy named Anthony Morgan, who was A&R for RCA Records. And he, uh, I guess, got in contact with Michelle and, uh, you know, brought us in to audition for him. And then we ended up finding out that he was her neighbor. And what? he was like, yeah, it was so random. He was like, oh my God, I actually have heard y'all rehearsing because I live like next door. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. So he ended up signing us and, um, and then we did, our first single was Come Correct. Um, and that didn't, I don't think that really did very much. Um, but Monica was written by Little Mo. What? And it, yeah, it was um, actually about Monica Lewinsky. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. So she, she kind of, you know, turned it into a phrase or whatever. Like, it was about Monica Lewinsky, but that became the catchphrase for like, uh, like, like a yeah, side piece. Okay, side piece. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh my god! Yeah. What? So no, you we want to blame the women in twenty twenty? We want to be we want to be PC in twenty twenty. <laughs> so not a thought, but you know she was on the side. <laughs> gotcha. Wow! 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 Yeah. So I'm just sitting up here thinking that you guys were singing about Monica Lewinsky, kind of. But not really <laughs> at that particular time. Did you guys know what you were singing about? I mean, yeah, I think at that point we probably had all experienced relationships where like another girl was trying to holler at the guy we liked or whatever. So uh, on some small scale, yes, we had experiences with that, but not to that extent. Okay, that makes sense. And produced by, who was it, Mark? Mika? Ooh. Um, I want to wait. It might be. Jen just put it in the comments, but I can't read that one. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I missed it. Let me let me okay. scroll back. The box can't take no more. G no, she. <laughs> my sister. My sister's so LA. She put G Funk era because we did. Oh, she produced by Mark Kenshin. Actually, and Mark Kenshin is actually one of my friends on Instagram. So shout out to Mark. He does, okay. he does like, I think he does like EDM now and he's, he's pretty big now. Um, but, um, she put G-Funk era because Warren G actually did the remix, um, yes. to that song too. Yes. Yeah. But y'all, you guys were lit. So tell us, like, what were some of the highlights that happened with the group? Cause Monica charted, tell us about yeah. some remixes and the tours and, you know, some of the highlights. Cause before dark, you guys, you guys were lit for a minute. Like, you know, like a real nineties popping girl like one of the ones that held their own, you know, I'm saying this is again before I knew you. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, definitely a highlight for us, I think would have been uh, for us opening for Destiny's Child and um, Christina Aguilera. We did like their, wow. like, I think it was m the Midwest region of their tour. We ended up opening for them. So that was a cool experience getting to perform in front of all those people. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, doing Soul Train. We did Soul Train like three times. We're like, 
OG's on Soul Train. That's <laughs> definitely a highlight. That's what's up. Um, yeah, I mean, all of I have such fond memories of that time because it's with two people that I love dearly. Um, well, not not actually three because I have to count Michelle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you always hear of like there being this tension in between girl groups and like this one doesn't like this one or whatever. And honestly, we experienced the, the negativity that we experienced was from the outside, uh -huh. never within. So we had a great time together and we would always make each other laugh. And I, I mean, it, it was one of the greatest times of my life. That's awesome. It looked like you guys were having time too. Like we could feel that, you know? Yeah, there were definitely times where like, de musically for sure, because we were so young, no one, no one at our label took us seriously. Mm. At the same time, RCA really didn't know what they were doing with black artists. So they steered us in multiple wrong directions. Um, so we just, you know, we had to just keep our wits about ourselves and have a good time. But um, we had to, the song that we actually were able to write one song on the album, but we had to sneak it in under aliases because they wouldn't let us write our music. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that happen. Like I know everybody's, um, for a lot of people, their be all end all as artists is to get signed. Like they think that everything's going to open up when they get signed. And that's just the first step in so many other steps that have to happen in order for there to be success. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm proud of what we did. And I, I still say to this day that I'm grateful that we didn't go further because I, I had so many emotional issues at the time. Yeah. Like I just know that I wouldn't have been a good person. I wouldn't have been, you know, as strong as I am today had we experienced success at, at a high level at that time. That makes sense, girl. Here, here. Girl, that's real, man. Okay, so I'm not gonna leave without at least singing a little bit of that Monica, Monica. So <laughs> at least just sing the Monica, Monica part. You're here and I'm a fan. And now you're like, just the last little Monica, Monica. You don't even have it's to the like- chorus? The chorus? Yes, the chorus. Monica, 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 oh Monica. Stalking and honking and jucking and she follow ya. If she don't know, I don't know, she follow ya. But you better let her know. Hey! I don't remember those words. I'm sorry, boo. <laughs> that made my night. That made my night. Aww. It did. Oh, my gosh. And you still, your voice is just like, it's still, it's so unique, you know? You can, oh, like, hear Enrique melody, your tone. Everybody, the comments, the comments agree. Hey! Aww. <laughs> Thank you. And just so effortless, too. Just on the couch, matter-of-factly. At eight forty-two, you know what? Like, <laughs> Jesus, thank you, thank Thanks. you for that. Um, so you were acting though too, because you know all of us LA native slash Hollywood kid actors. Um, you know, did you come through the acting commercial type? You know, is that the lane that you came through? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, actually, I I started dancing first, so. Backstory is, I'll try to make this as short as possible because it's a long story, but when I was five, my mom got an opportunity to dance with, because my mom was a dancer, um, she got an opportunity to join a modern company in Switzerland. So um, she took me with her. My sister wanted to stay back because she was at an age where she had friends and she didn't want to leave her friends and stuff at school. 
so we ended up um, living in Europe for, I think, a little under a year. And, uh, you know, I would sit in rehearsals with her and hang out with all the dancers and stuff. So as soon as we got back to the States, I was like, I want to dance. So she took me to Lula, Washington. And she there was an audition for the company. I ended up auditioning. I got in the company that day. Wow. And then was dancing with Lula for... I, don't, I can't even remember how long. It seemed like a, a kind of a long time. And then my sister started acting. So of course, little sister wants to do what big sister does. So I got into acting as well. Um, I ended up booking a lot of commercials. Um, and that really how I got into the group was <laughs> we got called on, on an audition, my sister and I. And our, our um, agent was super bad at the time about giving us details to things. Uh -huh. So she was just like, oh, you guys have an audition to show up. Here's the address. So we get there not knowing that it's for a singing group. But when we find out, my mom and my sister are like, there's no way Enrique's getting this. Like, it's not happening. Because I wasn't, I wasn't a singer. Right. Uh, so I ended up auditioning. And um, I, the girls were, because at the time, if for those of you who don't know, the original members of Voices were Tia and Tamara. And they, there was an issue. Yeah, they were the, in the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah video, it's Tia and Tamara and, and the other members, Latoya and Monique. Right. And yeah, so there was an issue with the parents or something. So Tia and Tamara ended up leaving the group and they were signed to Zoo BMG. The group was already signed. They were about to start working on an album. So they were like, well, we got to replace the girls, like stat. So I ended up getting selected. I was the same height as the girls and I was a really good dancer and none of the girls were good dancers. So um, that's how I ended up joining that group. Um, wow. It was, it was really through dancing, then acting, then singing. I got, I got involved in singing like, you know, not unwillingly, but not on my own accord. And then well, with this thing. You just got booked in a group called Voices and you just learned how to sing in the group? <laughs> well, so here's real tea, real tea. Um, the girls in the group were really mean to me and they would make fun of me all the time. Wow. So I won, I think it was like Christmas, around Christmas time or whatever, I came, went to my mom and I was like, mom, can you please buy me a karaoke machine for Christmas? So she bought me a karaoke machine. She got me like the Whitney tapes, the Mary J. Blige, them like corny ass instrumentals in the background or whatever. So every single day, because I wasn't enrolled in school, we had studio teachers and stuff. Every single day, I would practice for hours and hours and hours and hours and just practice to those tapes. I would practice harmonies. I would listen to immature albums and harmonize the whole album. I, would, I taught myself. And in addition to that, we did have like vocal um, rehearsal and training with people right. or whatever, but that was my consistent, you know, effort to, to try to learn how to sing because these girls were making fun of me. Wow. That is crazy. I yeah. mean, but then that still, once again, it's, it's not surprising because you, when you put your mind to something, Enrique, like you go, you dive in and do it. And I'm like... But that's what's so crazy, because I'm like, wait, how are you going to, like, not sing in a group called Voices? Like, it could be called anything else, because they all got this. We, we all have the, the groups where the one person doesn't sing because they're the better performer or right. they or they whatever, you know, whatever they've got going on. 
but none of them have a title of their group name voices. <laughs> well, so that didn't say good voices. Singer. You were meant you were meant to be a singer too. Well, I had to be clear. I had a I had a tone and okay. I, I had an ear. <laughs> you had but an ear. The execution wasn't there. I mean, even if like I, I listened back to um, the Voices album and to hear my little baby voice is like so raw and so untrained. <laughs> I was like, girl, rough. But it's you know it's cute because it's kids. And, exactly. You know, it wasn't a big deal, but yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so now let's flip back to Before Dark, because that was Voices, and then you did the other girl group, and then Before Dark, you guys together, and that was, that was Kismet. That was you and your family and your sisters, and you guys did what you needed to do. But like you said, it, it trickled off because, you know, there's so many other steps and variables. Pharrell said that the stars don't have to just align, the variables have to align. And yeah. so we know, you know, if anybody knows about variables, it's definitely you, it's definitely me. So, and like you said, variables of even just your emotional stability and just maturity. That's really what it is. It's the not being able to be mature enough to handle everything that is coming. So, you know, God knew best. So I'm happy that you moved into something else, which I met you, I always say shows, but it was... You came to my class, and then yeah, I started. dance class. Yes, yeah. Okay, so when did you start dancing? What was your first dance gig? Um, as a professional dancer. I mean, I guess the I guess before that, like, how'd you get in? How did you get into dance? And then, yeah, what was your pro first professional dance gig? So I was in Lula Washington's company, and then when the group took off, or voices took off, um, you know, obviously I couldn't dance as much, but. I always went to performing arts school. So junior high school, I went to uh, Millican um, Performing Arts Magnet. And then of course, high school was Hamilton Music Academy. And in, at Hamilton, you have to choose, well, at least with the Music Academy, you have to choose a major. So my major was dance. Um, so in high school, and even though Before Dark was going on at this time, like all of us still attended school. Um, we all went to school uh, you know, as much as possible. But um, our dance teacher was, we had a dance teacher named Ms. Calame, but also Karen McDonald. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Of course. But yeah, that's she, she was our guest teacher. So she was there quite often training us. Um, so I always had, you know, I didn't have a consistent education in dance, but I definitely had some training. Got it. And then when I went off to college, um, so quick backstory on Before, before Dark, RCA got rid of their urban division, which is why we stopped. So at that at that time, we were signed, Tyrese was signed, and I think Coco was signed in terms of their urban artists. So when they then when they got rid of their urban division, all those artists, you know, had to find new new labels. And we were at the point where I was going off to college, my sister was graduating college, Mia was in high school. So we were kind of like, meh we just want to just be regular and just move on with our lives. So especially because it was something, the group was not something that we decided to do. Like we weren't little kids itching to sing. It, right. The opportunity came to us and we were like, cool, you know? So um, I went off to college and um, I was taking dance class in college. I was taking a modern class and it was bleh. So I ended up going to dance class, um, going to Millennium, taking 
Mikey Minden's class, because I knew Mikey. Mikey went to Milliken as well, but he was there a year after I left. And Gus Carr's class, Swoop's class, y'all's class. And um, my first gig, like, as a professional dancer was actually a direct book from um, Brian Friedman. Um, we did a Nike industrial. I think, I think Randy did it too. My memory is bad. And don't ask me why he had faith in me because every time I took his class, I made it like three quarters of the way through. Like I never, ever made it through a full Brian Friedman class, ever. But for whatever reason, he so graciously <laughs> accepted me on this job. Wow. And that was like my first, um, my first like paid gig, I guess you would say. Um, but my first big break actually ended up being the My Humps video with Fatima. Wow. That was the one that, that kickstarted everything. That's crazy. Okay. So give us some names because we're not going to be able to talk about everything. Because I've got a few that I want to talk about. But now this is the um, this is the embarrassing part where you just got a name drop. So because I'm trying to figure out what you did besides before we get to Sierra, Chris Brown, Hairspray, and Usher, anything other than those that you did because it's so many things. I know it's like wait, wow, boom, but hmm. I should have brought my resume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Jay Z got that picture. What was that Jay Z performance? Jay-Z, I think that was the AMAs. It was his, that moment where he was retiring, but then came back to do, show me what you got. Gotcha. So it was like his, you know, welcome back performance or oh, whatever. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great one. That was a big one. Um, but other than that, Neo, toured with Neo, did, I think, a video or two with him. Um, Carrie Hilson, uh, Missy. Um, Which one did you do with Missy? So I did, I did, we run this with Missy and then, which was like on a soundtrack, uh, but then I ended up doing her promo tour too. Oh, that's good. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, who else? Good gosh. Robin Thicke. Uh, uh, there's, there's. So if you can think of some while we go into these next things, then you can tell me because things okay. pop up. So okay. uh, three things that you can give me in three words, how you can name the Chris Brown experience in three words. Oh, three words. Yeah. Um, dynamic, fun as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um and enlightening okay what album was this so i toured with chris twice i toured with him in 09 pre rihanna gate like a week before rihanna gate gotcha um and that was the forever tour i think okay. i can't remember the song yeah for, for chris yeah what was it i mean shit that's usher Tri no at the time that at the time, he had, like, no air out. Okay. With Jordan Sparks, like, that era. This was, like, Chris with a few tattoos. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I did, I, so I did his European leg of that tour. And then I toured with him again in 
2011, I think. Okay. Um, and that was the Fame tour. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, what about Sierra? Three words. Like, three words that describes the Sierra. Sierra. Let me take a drink. Um, <laughs> We're gonna cheers to that. <laughs> Lord. Um, <laughs> three words. Sierra experience. Exhausting. <laughs> mm. Um. Uh. Can I say dope choreography? Like, yeah. Yep. Um, and gosh, eye opening. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that that sounded fun. That one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounded, <laughs> sounded like a lot of fun there. <laughs> Girl, that okay. one was a doozy. All right. So with that said, who choreographed that? Who choreographed Sierra when you were? Um, Jamaica. Jamaica always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jamaica. She's amazing. Shout out to Jamaica, holding yeah. it all down and keeping us entertained. Like my goodness, Jamaica keeps it going. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been uh, ushered into this into the dance industry by some amazing women, um, Fatima. Absolutely. For those, I can't imagine people don't know, but for those who don't know, just an amazing, regal, uh, cultured, live, yep. um, talented woman. And, uh, you know, I credit her with giving me my, my big break. And de definitely, like, back in the day, she was a huge mentor for me. Um, actually gave me one of my biggest styling opportunities, too, um, with uh, Megan Trainer. I did All wow. About That Face. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that was a that was a dope experience. Um and then Jamaica, of course, like queen of the funk. Like just to, to learn under those people mm -hmm. is such a blessing. And I, I I'm grateful to have known it in the moment and really like relish those moments. I love that. Amazing. Shout out to Fatima and Jamaica. Yes, yes, yes. That's big boss and that's that's beautiful black queens right there doing it. Mm -hmm doing it for themselves and give an opportunity, you know? Yes. Um, okay, so let's, let's, let's go into, before we go into Usher, I want to talk about Hairspray because I was, we're all such fans of Hairspray and uh -huh. musical theater. And then just to see all three beautiful black women killing it. And so, you know, and you guys were featured and it was awesome. And we applauded and we all knew the choreography then. I got to look at it again. I don't know it now, but you know, anyway, so that was, a, that was a big moment, I think, for us and I'm sure for you. So give us a small little snippet about hairspray. Three words for hairspray. Three words for hairspray. Gosh, extraordinary, um, fun, and um, I, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was one of the best experiences. I can't think of just like a one word. That's great. That, That's yeah. The best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long were you guys out there? Because I know you guys shot in, was that Toronto or Vancouver? Yeah, Toronto. Um, off and on for I think like a month or two. Okay. Uh, of course, a shout out to Tani and Nadine, who were the other girls in our group. Um, we weren't we weren't there for the whole thing because you know we were in and out of the movie, mm -hmm. so we 
flew out and then flew back and then flew out. So all in all, probably about a month's time, maybe a little bit over that. But a funny story about that is that <laughs> I had auditioned for Hairspray and of course wanted to be in Hairspray so bad, but they took forever to cast. So we were waiting, waiting, waiting on a response. In the meantime, I ended up getting a call from Hi-Hat to um, do Mary J's tour. And I was like, God, I'm, it's up in the air. Don't know. You know, we always have those moments as dancers. Like, always. Double book myself. Like, what do I do? Yeah. So I was like, I prayed on it. I was like, God's going to work it out. It's going to happen. We're going to be fine. So I take the Mary J job, which ended up being <laughs> one of the hardest jobs ever. For <laughs> it was exactly. such a mind fuck because, and not, not, not anything against anyone. It wasn't anybody's fault. It, we, it was you just were a ragtag. Yes, it was just a very odd pairing of dancers. None of us really matched each other. <laughs> and, and it just, it didn't, it didn't really work. And I think when Mary saw it, like we ended up doing our rehearsal at the forum. It was our first like big stage rehearsal. And that was her first time like being in our presence or whatever. Uh -huh. And that day she, well, a little bit before that, I got the call that I had booked hairspray. Uh -huh. So I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna work out. Yeah. Like maybe gotta work it out, fine, whatever. Something's gonna happen. So then we do that rehearsal at the forum. Mary sees us. And then at the end of the night, her ex, her now ex-husband, Kendu, who's our manager, comes up to us and he's like, yeah, so Mary doesn't want to use the, use the dances on this tour. <laughs> so everybody was like, what? He's like, yeah, she, she don't want to have dances on the tour. So, you know, me inside, I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm God. Right, <laughs> exactly. Which I didn't, you know, of course, I didn't say anything about it at the time because everybody was really upset about it. Yeah. Yep. But I was like, I remember this. Hallelujah. I remember this, actually. I do remember this yeah. moment. This is crazy. Well, that's, <laughs> hey, cheers to that. Because then you went and got mm -hmm. to the hairspray. You got to. And you got to go live your moment. All right. I love those kind of stories. Okay. So. Boom. Now let's get into Ursher. Ursher, baby. Oh, Ursher. Ursher. Three, three, three oh, words for Usher. The three words are so five. hard. I do five for Usher. Maybe can we do like uh baby like... sentences? Yes. <laughs> get um, into Usher. Usher was a great learning experience for me because I got to do multiple things uh within the camp. Um it was also a really trying time for me um and usher is actually the reason why i decided not to be an artist because yeah. i witnessed his work ethic and i was like yeah <laughs> i don't want it that bad yeah that part yeah but it was a great i mean usher is an amazing artist um I had such a, a great time working for him and I had always wanted to, when I got into the dance industry, he was on my list of people to work for. Like when I got in, I made my list and I, and I was able to knock out my list. And when I did knock out my list, I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do now. Absolutely. So you did, I mean, you 
you were with Usher for like a couple of times, right? Yeah, so when I came in, I came in on a promo tour. Uh, Todd actually hired me. Shout out to Todd. Shout out um, to all day, Todd Sam's legendary. Yes, legendary. Um, he hired me for the promo tour for the album. I forget the name of it, but it's the one that he dedicated to Tamika, his ex-wife, okay. that was like, it didn't go over well, yeah. but Love in This Club was on it. Got it. So that promo tour. Then I ended up doing Love in This Club video. Then... Um, I think is when Akamon came on. Shout out to Akamon. And we yes, did yes. Um, One Night Stand Tour, which was his yes. smaller venue, ladies only tour, um, which was done primarily to kind of like get him centered back into his, his base, his core base, because a lot of, I think a lot of women felt abandoned by him with that last album. Um, yes. And then I ended up doing the Raymond versus Raymond um, tour as well. Not the not the arena tour, but the promo tour. Okay, that's what's up. So tell yeah. us how you started to go into, because now I want to move into your styling and get into that mode. And I know that for me, I've, you've always just been someone just naturally who had style. And I felt like naturally was passionate about fashion and putting things together and, you know, art, you know, just a renaissance woman and I felt like we connected in so many ways in that way when you started telling me Usher you're like oh I think Usher you were going to start to um be his personal dresser or what exactly did he hire you for and how did that come up just was like oh you're fly can you dress me <laughs> like what no how did you know personal were you his stylist or his dressing a uh, stylist for a time, okay. but mainly, mainly, primarily the dancer stylist. Got it. So that ended up becoming my little niche in the dance industry um, because oftentimes with stylists, they spend all their time and their money and their efforts on the artist. And then the dancers always end up getting some American apparel leotards and boots that don't fit. So a lot of creative, um, creative directors that I work with, Fatima, Jamaica, whatever, would see me and be like, you know what, you dress cute, like maybe you could do the dancers. So that's kind of how I got into that. And then with Usher, so when Akamon came on, because Akamon and I create, uh, collaborated on things creatively at that time, he had kind of brought me on to um, help in terms of developing the ideas for the, for the tour. Okay. So I, I would, you know, put together treatments. I would, you know, basically outline the style of the performance or whatever. And then they would hire a person to style it. Like for the, for the one night stand tour, I actually ended up referring a stylist that I had worked with. Cause I wasn't like all the way dialed into styling at the time. I ended up um, referring Daria Hines, who's an amazing stylist. Um, shout out to Daria. I know she's not watching because she's like a yogi somewhere <laughs> in like Mexico. But um, but she, so, so because I referred her and because I had already been, you know, kind of setting the templates for what the looks were going to be, I was brought in creatively to, you know, be in those meetings and give my opinion about things. So it kind of just naturally developed into a relationship where he trusted my opinion and you know, I'm a straight shooter, so yeah. I'm not going to be like, that's fly, right. kiss your butt. I'm going to tell you it's whack. Exactly. So, 
So um, after One Night Stand, he um, basically asked me to revamp his look. Mm. And what I, what I really tried to do was as opposed to, to giving him something specific or giving him something like catchy or trendy or whatever, I revamped his closet. Like I went through all his closets in his house and, you know, put things aside that needed to be archived, put things aside that he needed to never look at ever again and things that he still wear. And um, what I really tried to do is just to kind of help him to cultivate a confidence in himself to go his own style path, his own right. direction. Um, so I would style him for um, appearances. Okay. And then once we started doing the promo tour, I again did the template for things. And by that time I was kind of more dialed into styling. So I designed the templates of things or whatever. And once again, they brought in a stylist, but this time I was a little bit salty about that. Cause I'm like, I can actually do this now, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would walk the stylist through, you know, the looks or whatever, and they shop them and put them together and stuff. So, wow. and then I would end, I ended up doing the dancers. Okay. So tell us, give us some styling gigs that you've done, some of your favorite styling gigs. Because moving from there, you just went into styling. All of a sudden, you were a full-blown stylist. Remember, me and Lissette even used you for Paulina Rubio before, which yeah. we'll take a drink there. <laughs> Woo! I don't, I don't know if she ended up in any of those outfits. <laughs> Girl, we were like, hey, Enrique, can you style the tour? We just need you to do 150 outfits. <laughs> I, that was actually... You're going to be flying to Mexico and we need it done in seven days. Yeah, I I <laughs> did not sleep for 36 hours doing that job. Oh my gosh. Will it feel better if I told you none of us did? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was good for the books, but it looked amazing. She looked amazing. The band looked amazing. Mikey and um, Myrtle looked amazing. So <laughs> it was awesome. So tell us, give us some, give us some, um, of your favorite styling jobs? Um, definitely Megan Trainer, All About That Bass, which is a, a, the biggest one for me, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I don't know if I have many favorite Bates. ones. Tell us about New Edition, because I love New Edition movie, and I know you had a lot to do with, were you shopping, were you styling, were you costumer? But I just, I, we all love BET. So for those of you guys that don't know, Arike, was what? <laughs> what? What were you considering? <laughs> so in, in our industry, we're costumers. There's a, there's a designer, and then everyone else falls under the umbrella of some kind of costumer. Either it's key costumer, costumer who shops, whatever. But we're all kind of, the blanket term is costumer. Gotcha. Um, so for New Edition, which was an amazing experience, um, and super full circle to me because um, I don't know if anybody on here knows Jesse Collins, but that is like a very near and dear family friend. Um, yeah, awesome. And he's also the one that helped me to get into the union. So, um, so full circle because my first job was Real Husbands of Hollywood with him. Yes. And then New Edition. So New Edition was super trying, <laughs> but we had a great team and I did the shopping, but I ended up being, because the, the designer was really awesome. Her name's Rita McGee, shout out to Rita. And Alita was the assistant designer. 
um, they really allowed for me to take the reins on some specific looks and really like do more than what I was supposed to be doing, uh-huh. which ended up being a, a great, great learning experience for me. Like I was aging and dying. I was, you know, customizing. Wow. Things. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was great. Yeah. Okay, so let's skip right on to what you're doing currently, because that's the hot one. So did you do you did Blackish before Grownish, or you just went straight into Grownish? Because now I'm like, everything has become a blur to me now. <laughs> it's all the issues. Um, yes, all the issues. So yes, I started on Blackish, and then when Grownish, um, when they were creating the spinoff for Grownish, I was given the opportunity to slide on over there, which I definitely took advantage of. Um, and then I also did some days on mixed dish, but I don't know that. All the issues. Yeah. And so currently, well, currently I'm in my home chilling because COVID, but, um, before that I was working on a show, um, called Family Reunion on Netflix. Shout out to Brittany because her son Isaiah is on the show. Um, Family Reunion is a show on Netflix, um, starring Loretta Devine, Tia Mowry, um, Isaiah Russell Bailey. Yeah, shout out to Br- Brittany P. Russell and her son Isaiah killing it. Um, it's a good show. It's I mean I I had worked on what we call episodics, okay, which um, are episode based shows which are usually single camera. So when you do single camera, that means that the camera shoots one way. Then they have to cut, they have to move the camera, turn it in another direction, shoot that way, so the hours are a lot longer. Right. So after about five years of that and having a a seven-year-old son, I was like, eh, I think I want shorter hours. So I made the transition over into multicam world, which is um, like the old school sitcoms. So there's multiple cameras shooting at the same time. So once they do a scene, then we move on to the next scene. So it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a multicam show. Um, the environment is really good. I have a great designer, and we have a great team. Everybody's awesome. Energy is awesome. So it's a blessing. Right. To be we there. can catch this on, right? We can catch it on Netflix now. We can catch yeah, this on now. Yeah. Okay. Can, but it's not. It's not going to be the season that I'm on. It's going to be a season. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So okay, so then tell us now. I want to talk about. Uh, you know, the best little, the best little, most amazing, talented, fun little boy that I've ever met. Hilton, seven years old. Oh yeah, <laughs> raising a really cool kid. I'm, I'm we all like Hilton fans, just watching him, watching his journey, and you know, he really just seems like such a really cool kid. So, tell us back of when you had a baby, and then that, you know, having to raise a child in the midst of this industry and your hours and everything else and then tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing with quarantine life so um when the last tour that i went on was chris brown's um fame tour and i remember being on that tour i was 29 on that tour and everybody that was on almost everybody that was on the tour it was like their first major tour and at that point i was kind of just over the industry and just kind of coasting. I didn't really have any more aspirations of people that I wanted to work with. And I was really ready to just, you know, build a family and do some adult stuff or whatever. And I remember like sitting the girls down and being like, so what's everybody's five-year plan? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) 
I'm sure they were totally annoyed. Exactly. <laughs> you were like, you were like, she's ready to go. <laughs> And they're like, what club are we going to tonight? <laughs> exactly. So um, I ended up getting pregnant on a break. We had Thanksgiving break. I got pregnant on Thanksgiving break and didn't find out till Christmas break. Um, so we had di we did a show early December in like Dubai. And just show you how God works. Like I hadn't had anything to drink, no partying, no nothing. We did the show in Dubai and I remember being like, whew hard all of a sudden. I've been doing the show for months now, but it feels different. And I remember everybody went to party that night and I was like, nah, I'm a chill, I'm stay back. And then Christmas comes around and I find out that I'm pregnant. Wow. And we were supposed to, in January, go do the European leg of the tour. And so, of course, for, you know, any, any of my women on here that have been pregnant, you don't really want to say anything in those beginning stages because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, your biggest fear is that you're going to lose a baby and then have to tell everybody, oh, just, just kidding. So I didn't tell anybody anything. I ended up calling Chris's team and just telling them I had an injury mm. and I wasn't going to be able to make it on tour. So, um, so they replaced me. And then I ended up having, I had Hilton and then I stayed home with him for almost two years. Um, it was really important for me personally to just have that time with him to bond. And, you know, my mom um, stayed home with my sister and I for the first three years of each of our childhood. So it was important for me to offer that to him as well. And it was, I don't, it wasn't easy. Um, I, I was dead broke, like, but it was, you know, something I, I really felt like I needed to do. Um, and so around the age of two is when I set up on this journey to become a costumer. And I ended up getting a job at Jesse Collins Entertainment. The, um, I was a PA there first for like six or seven months before I was able to, to get in the union on one of the shows. Um, so it's been, it's been a trying time. It's been hard to balance home life and work life, especially because in my industry, our hours are very long. Like an average week for me is like 55 to 60 hours. So um, one of the sacrifices that I made was moving out to Santa Clarita, um, where my mom is, um, because she's able to help me with my son. So um, fortunately, I've been on jobs with bosses who understand and value family. Yes. So I've been able to drop Hilton off at school in the mornings and then drive into work. And then my mom picks him up and takes care of him. So she's, she's priceless to me. I would not be able to do anything that I do without her. Um, but it's, I mean, I can't imagine not having family here and not right. having help because that's the only way that I'm yeah. able to do what I do. That's um, and so in terms of, post-COVID, <laughs> oh. <Exactly. laughs> um, you know, the first couple months were, were a little, eh, man, because we were still, we were still doing the um, distance learning stuff with his school, and that, don't get me started on that, but it, it wasn't, it didn't teach them anything. Right, yeah. So, once summer hit, I um, started homeschooling him and doing, like, my own curriculum, and that's proved to be a lot more fun and 
um, it's been the past couple, I'd say we've been doing it for about a month now. Okay. And Which, it's been great for us. Are you, like eight to 12, eight to two? So it just goes, it's based on whenever he finishes his work, but we have, we study one subject a day. Um, so far, my, my most enjoyable subject has been history um, because I'm learning as he's learning. So I have, when I, the night before I'm doing the lesson plans and putting together, wow. putting together everything. So I'm getting to learn a lot more about stuff that wasn't covered in school. Um, but it's been good. And so he'll do, he'll, you know, we get up, have breakfast. And then he'll start on his schoolwork. Once he finishes the schoolwork, we do like an outdoor activity, whether it be go to the park or, you know, ride his bike around the neighborhood or go run errands or whatever the case may be. Um, and then we've been doing a lot of social stuff with our friends who have kids too. Um, like B, who's a former dancer, and Brandy, who's a former dancer. You know, we all have kids now. Um, so we've been getting together and going to the beach like every week. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just, you know, making the most of it. You're an awesome mom. Oh, thank you. Thank I mean, you. you know, I've been, it's been great to see my friends go through the mother journey, and I'm loving how they're raising their, everybody's raising their kids, but I'm I always looking at you and see, especially with you raising a, a boy, you know what I mean? And that's seven, you know, like a lot of my friends have still babies, too. Yeah. But now, like, he's a big boy in school, and you know, like doing, doing it. And it's really, really awesome to see. So I just got to give you kudos to that. Um, well, we are going to wrap it up because I mean, this has been like, it's like, gentlemen, this is your life. So if there's any questions, if there's anybody has a burning question or a little something that you want to ask Arike as far as her creative and creative journey, dancing, fashion, styling, this time. But other than that, Rike, I've been wanting to, um, you know, I don't know, just be a part of telling your story because I know a lot of it, but I don't know. I didn't know half of the stuff that you told me tonight, but I'm a fan. You're so dear to me. We've known each other for so long. You know so much about me that, um, yeah, you, you, <laughs> and vice versa. So we just have to, you know, <laughs> we have to say, you know, too much. <laughs> I got to catch you. I got to catch you. <laughs> But um, thank you for coming and just enjoying a Wednesday night. We've been doing this uh, every Wednesday. Um, we are going to um, continue this. I'm going to be taking a break after this one. Arike is the finale for season 12. I mean, season two with well, 12 episodes. 12 episodes. We've already done 12 episodes during this lockdown. I can't even believe it, but we have. Um, you're 12. Nice. <laughs> And um, I just want to thank everybody here. Let's see if there's any questions. I got to put on my glasses. What I are see, what, I see one. That. What time, what have you learned about yourself during quarantine during these COVID times? Ooh. Ooh. So much. <laughs> um, one of the things that I really um, have been doing a lot is reflecting. Um, you know, a lot of times we are on the move and on the go or whatever. Oops, sorry. That's okay. We don't take the time um, necessary to reflect on our lives. So aside from like, you know, enlightening myself and reading a lot and studying a lot, um, I've been reflecting a lot. And one of the biggest things that um, 
that kind of just hit me recently was just this overwhelming feeling of resentment um, for a, a, a period in my life. Um, mm -hmm. There was, I don't know how many dancers are on here now, but um, we lost a, a beautiful, beautiful woman um, named Stephanie Mosley um, a few years ago, <sighs> very tragically. Very tragically. And I, I think about her often, um, especially because in her last, um, you know, months, I was living around the corner from her and we didn't cross paths. And Stephanie, Stephanie was part of Best Kept Secret. Uh -huh. um, we, you know, kind of came up in the dance industry at the same time. We toured together. We did lots of jobs together. And one of the things that struck me was just this kind of ridiculous rivalry that um that we that we engage in as women oh. um, there's this whole thing that has been perpetuated by men about the madonna versus the whore like either you're the woman that gets ahead using her smarts and her you know intangible things or you're the woman that uses her looks and her her body to get ahead and there's this secret rivalry that women have against each other because we pretty early on you decide which side of the spectrum you're on ah. but simultaneously we're always a little jealous of the other group like ah. you know you look at the women on instagram who are showing their bodies and you know there are women that that slut shame them or whatever but there's a little bit of you that kind of wants to be able to do that too and mm. so when I think about Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie was someone that embraced her sexuality and was not afraid to show it. And I was someone that I was one of those girls that was like, I'm going to use my brains to get ahead. But I was always a little bit jealous of the fact that she was so free with that. Right. And I just wish that I hadn't let that rivalry come into play in our relationship. And I wish that her and I had been closer because we had so many of the same experiences and you know we always think that we are well i always think that i'm able to help somebody and i could have i could have changed the outcome or done something different and in that case i just was like damn i wish that we would have been closer because we would have been able to share in those experiences and who knows maybe i would have been able to help her get out of that um situation but Absolutely. god bless her may she rest in peace I that was just the, the biggest thing. lessons that is an, a huge lesson and especially for what we deal with in this industry and the connections that we make and you're right and the, the walls that we put up to get ahead you know and that's that's major rest in peace Stephanie I mean you know she's definitely was an angel to me and that's a whole nother lane Lisette and I really really took her in like as someone we wanted to really put on a path you know what i mean so it was a shock too and a disheartening because we start to think well man i really i was seeing her on this path and where did she turn left and you know you start to go through those things and so i i totally agree but at the same time you know god has the last answer and that's what we always go back to in that particular arena but you have to get the lesson and yeah. i think that from just that was a beautiful testimony that in all of this, you still got the lesson, you know. Great question. I think that was Danielle. Did Luther ask a question? Some I'm asking some more. Mm -hmm. Are there more career 
forward to after this quarantine? Any dream things you want to check off this? Ooh, good one. Luther, Luther. He got, that's a good one. Good one, Luther. You know what, as the same way that like once I was able to check off my list in um, dance, I, I kind of was coasting and was unsure. I'm at that very moment right now. Um, just actually just before I joined the show, I was in, in that place because I had set out when I when I decided to go this route. Um, it was too daunting for me to kind of wrap my head around like what I wanted to do for life. Because so many times, like as an adult, people ask you like, what's going to be your career? What do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, it, how am I supposed to know what I'm going to like when I'm 60 or 50? <laughs> I don't know. So what I set out to do in, in that moment was, okay, let me, let me choose something that I can do for the next five years that I can put all my effort in, I can put all my passion in, and I can go full throttle. What is something that I can attach myself to for the next five years and go hard with it? And it was costuming. So I am just beyond that five-year mark. Wow. So now it's a re-evaluation <laughs> of my position and what I want to do moving forward within this industry. But aside from this industry, I know that I have a, a passion for teaching children and I'm I really, my dream, my end all be all is to have a nonprofit organization organization that teaches children um, or teaches young adults actually life skills, adult skills, and um, teaches them how to farm. Because that's something I'm super passionate about. And I haven't, I have yet to be able to actually like enact that, but I've been reading a lot of books about farming. My sister gave me a lot of, a lot of farming books for Christmas. So that's my dream, um, but I ha I don't know what I'm gonna be doing in this. I don't even know what this industry is going to be like in the next year or so. You know, it's hard. I I definitely don't think the entertainment industry is coming back the way that it was, but I don't know how it's coming back. So I'll have to figure that out when that happens. Absolutely. I keep looking up because I'm reading the comments. I'm like, and they said okay. That is, that's what's up. And of course, I can totally see you, Dad. I can see you on a big ranch in the, and having a school, a charter yeah. school ranch. <laughs> yes. I'll be, coming, I'll be coming teaching some workshops to the kids. <laughs> yes. we're, already, we're already done. We'll sit at, we'll have, once everything goes, we'll sit down while the sunset's happening, talking our shit like we usually do. I see it. You're a California girl. You're a hippie at the same time as <laughs> college speak. Oh, I have uh, to say good night to my niece and my nephew, Luca and Luna. They're saying good night uh, right now. <laughs> Thank you for watching, late. my love they Late. They got to stay up a little late for their auntie. Okay, well yeah. then, you know what, Arike, this why don't you go ahead and just give everybody a few last words. I'm so happy that you're here. I love you dearly. And um, yeah, we'll just continue our quarantine talks, <laughs> laughing hysterically and going as deep as the ocean. <laughs> yes. Yes. those are our two extremes and i love you for it so yeah give everybody some last words close out the show business bye for me Ooh. um well thank thank you to everyone for joining us thank you to shonique for having me i love you so much um i just want to encourage everyone during these very dark times 
that the light always comes after the dark and you have to go through these trials and tribulations before you get to see the fruits of everything. So don't lose hope, don't lose faith. Um, but at the same time, stay informed and don't rely on memes to educate yourself. Really, we have the time, we have the space, we have the opportunity to research, to read, please read, please do everything that you can to know the truth in this world because it is always hidden, but it is always accessible. Um, but God bless everybody um, and love you. Thank you. Yay! Wait, I got, now I got to play Monica because forget that. Oh, <laughs> There's no way. There is no way. Here we go. Just looking at you in this video on the video still just trips me out. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> those were the days. Them contacts. Here. Yeah. I told you guys. Um, this girl had a story. The jam. This is the jam. Hey. Hey. Is your mom in here? Just said something. <laughs> My mom said, come on, Teddy, because I was trying to get the music up together. <laughs> Hi, Sandy. <laughs> Shout out to Sandy, who keeps it real. My mom just said, come on, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, that was minute mo uh, moment. I, I didn't have that one together. I had the opening scene together, but I didn't think I was going to go out with that. So, That's you know, awesome. Mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Sandy. Okay. All right. Mwah. Love you. Thank you, everybody. Show. 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 Show.